Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. And I'm Doug Cower. And we are keeping you in the loop in the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by our Threadless Store again. Uh, you can check it out in the uh, show notes or the description. Go on there, check some stuff out, buy something, represent. Do you work in an office? Buy the coffee mug because yeah, then the... it gives it, it's a conversation piece. You get to bring it up with all your coworkers about how there's these random guys you met on the internet who talk about guitars <laughs> and you listen to it every week. No, sir, random people okay. you met on the internet is always a good icebreaker. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and, and if you happen to own a company or something and would like us to put you as a sponsor, hit us up. Um, you can send us an email at theeffectsleep at gmail.com. Uh, you know, if there's anyone currently on the episode talking, no, I'm just kidding, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about you as much as you want us to. <laughs> Actually, this podcast you know, owned and paid for by <laughs> <laughs> no actually and if you if you own a company or something and you want to be a guest then come on and chat with us we we love having guests on here um doug is back for week two to, yes to i am chat it up with us um so we can do a what's new section if anyone got anything new in the past 30 minutes um chris do you have anything new negative except for my dog ringing the bell so that'll be in there <laughs> pavlog is like salivating somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah that I, was have a, a new, that was a I have a new beer in the last 30 minutes did, did you get something new did you buy a podcast yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> i mean if you want to buy a so we can talk <laughs> yes i'm creating my multimedia i'm quite the mogul uh no nothing new other than a new beer and uh I'm having a sculpin now, so yay for me. Uh, <laughs> get that product placement for you. Yeah, I'm, I need to get something new. I'm actually, I need to buy a volume pedal. Like, I was like, I was searching for one. Did I, I see the, speaking of volume pedals, is the guys was it from Classic Audio, are they shutting down? What, what? Oh, wait, Kurt's shutting down? I, I thought I spread that. I thought they were... They were shutting down, which is a real drag because I really love what they were doing. Those, those, the, 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 the guys are doing the like the roller volume pedal, right? Like I'm thinking of the yeah, right people. I yeah, yeah, I, I still have those. his expression pedal. Yeah, I met him at Summernam, and I mean I've been yeah. following him a long time. I, I, I hate I hate being that person that's like I keep meaning to buy one, but I just haven't yet, and which is the reality because I hate hearing that as a business owner. Um, yeah. But uh, that's a, that's a drag. I think it's a great product. No, it well, it was definitely one of those products that's kind of, kind of niche. It's just it's different. I think that's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. It's different than what most people are used to. And I had the foothills, and I actually liked it. Um, it was really a neat pedal. I got rid of it because I actually got rid of a volume pedal. I haven't had one since. Um, sure. So like, that's that's insane. Well, Doug's. I I might be that. wrong about that, but I I thought I remember reading that in the last couple of weeks, and it really bummed me out. Well, we might want to look that up because we're people are going to be, <laughs> all twenty people listening are going to be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that that will be real sad because I I liked his stuff a lot, and also just him and his wife are just salt of the earth people. They're so nice, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And that's, I mean, you know, when you're buying stuff, you're often buying the person as much as anything else. And we'll get into that topic later a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I will speak to the quality of his stuff and I can't find their Facebook page. Yeah. I can't find, I can't find their Instagram either. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> Sad news brought to you by. <laughs> well, like every episode, it seems like we're talking about another company shutting down right now. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. It, I will happily discuss the last two years for business, and I'm not surprised that this happening. It's been, it's been very difficult. Uh, yeah. As I feel like uh, one of the big things that has, I'm sure, has been hurting companies is. A lot of, I mean, there's always been eBay, but mm-hmm. eBay has been a whole world that's been, you know, a lot of people, some people don't touch it. And then you've got your eBay sellers and all you've, it's, it's this whole crazy thing. It's almost like the gear page, uh, just with craziness that goes on there. But then you, then you had a website like reverb that has just skyrocketed and boomed. And I'm sure that has not helped the ease of being able to tra- do transactions on used gear. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, I do a lot of business on Reverb as a business. I mean, we we yeah. sell Reverb. Last year, our we were looking at our credit card. Like, I use kind of our merchant account. You know, it handles all the credit card processing as kind of a quick way to do a snapshot for how the business is doing. And it was down considerably. And I was like, oh, I was really freaking out. And we and we were having a rough year last year. Um, and but the end of the year, when I had to compile everything for my taxes, Reverb was a much bigger chunk than the previous year, um, and that because it wouldn't show up in my website credit card processing. Um, so Reverb has benefits as a builder, but I can see as a pedal company where you know we were discussing in the last episode my fear about competing against used Titans. Um, you're right when you make the same pedal and you pump out hundreds of them, then you compete against yourself pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, Titan or Cowers tend to be fairly unique. So the double-edged sword to that is sometimes Cowers will sit on Reverb for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't look great for the brand. But, you know, it, yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that definitely can hurt because there's like the like everyone checks their local Craigslist and you're like, everyone knows that item that keeps getting posted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a Tele B-Bender in my area that's kind of a parts caster. It's seven hundred dollars. I really want to try it out, but I'm sitting here thinking, like, that thing's been on there for months. Do I really want to buy it? Maybe it's crap. I wonder if someone went by and like played it and would like didn't go through the sale. I yeah. Mean, there's that little kind of thing in the back of your head that you might not always consciously process, but when you think back, you're just like, mm, maybe that did kind of hold me back. So. There's a couple of cowers that have been that are very early cowers that have been on reverb for like three years. Wow. Oh yeah, and I mean they're they're models we, uh, both of them. One's a Karina Express, which we only did three of, um, and the other's a Express three pickup Express we did for Nick Greer years ago. And we only of that series we only did five guitars. They're basically, um, carved top Express models, which we stopped doing after that. We did. The Express became our flat top model after that, uh, but they've been on there years, you know. And they're, I mean, they're like one is literally like daylight or number three, the other one is probably like number nine. So they're pretty early examples, and but they were they were solid guitars. Um, I'm always shocked when but, I see Cowers and on the Guitar Center used website. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think there's seven not... strings on there right now. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I saw the seven string. And but it mm-hmm. always like makes me like go because I'm sitting here, I'm like, I know how Guitar Center does on buying used gear. Mm-hmm. It's like, man. Like I could only imagine how much that they sold that Yeah, how little they gave you for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know, but I think if I was a builder, I'd kind of be like, Yeah, at least my crap's in Guitar Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's some marketing right there. It's on their website that's, somehow. Yeah, you didn't even have to good Photoshop point. that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Their use side of their website looks like you could use a little Photoshop. It's so oh bad. I wish they would just use Reverb's storefront. For I, don't, I don't know why they don't, honestly. Um, well, because it's, it's it's giving money to Chicago Music Exchange's owner. Yeah, David. fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you could look at me totally you. derailing the podcast within f- first two minutes. <laughs> no, dude, well done. This is just how we roll. This is, listen, if it wasn't if it wasn't you, it would have been me. You're okay. Oh, don't <laughs> worry. I, I've created a what's new while we've been talking. So, <laughs> what? what did you buy? And that oh, would no. be uh, my love pedal JTM is now in pieces. As we've been talking, um, I've been. I think we talked about this a while ago, where I was like, all the JTM 45 emulator pedals, all kind of mm-hmm. are just like freaking loud. Yeah. So I'm looking at ways of trying to put a master volume in here. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. He's this over here really modding, trying to mod pedals in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> well, the best part um, is I just pulled this out, and so there's a battery in here, and it's held in place with what looks like, do you remember OxyPads when we were teenagers to like get rid of your mm-hmm. acne? I think the battery yes. was held in place with an OxyPad. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a MaxiPad, I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah that's me sorry i went there again all right well, we're earning our e uh, today all right oh my gosh all right so uh, we'll go on to gear news um dr no uh put out a new pedal and it is it's a doozy oh my gosh it is interesting hold on i'm gonna pull it up um scott you probably looked at it for a little bit yeah it's called the moon canyon Oh, I was hoping Doug would do his thing again. Uh, oh, sorry. Moon Canyon. There we go. <laughs> uh, it is a delay, a reverb, an effects loop, and a drive all in one pretty cool pedal. Really cool looking pedal. Yeah, the artwork on the... I don't know if that's going to be the actual model that comes out. Uh, looks absolutely amazing. And the way it's set up is it's really cool is whenever you activate something, it lights up part of the moon or to the side of the moon. That's in the middle of it. Is that moon? Sorry, like, there, there is a 3D moon in the middle of yeah, it. For those of you who are 3D, not looking yes. right now. Yeah, you guys have got to go. If, if we don't put the link to this. It's 429 euros, which is how much, Scott? I don't know. Doug's the well, 429 euros, it's probably about $500. Okay. That... Or five ten. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. Don't quote okay. me on that exactly. It's, it's in that ballpark. Yeah, that's not a horrible price. I mean, one hundred twenty-five bucks. I mean, it's about average for buying a overdrive reverb and delay. That's decent quality. Yeah. The uh, nice all-in-one so, package. So we were talking about Paul earlier. So Sarah Lipstate, uh, who they designed this with, she uh, she played a Roni or has a Roni. 
Um, she's rad. She's really cool. Um, good guitar player. Really interesting. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear this one. Yeah, I, uh, not enough to it, not enough to click on the button to make it play apparently, but it's doing a lot of the shoegazy ambient stuff. Sure. So I mean, that's what happens when you have a reverb and a delay and a, an overdrive, but like that's how everyone demos everything. But so modern praise and worship. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the shoegaze stuff. There's is... not enough shimmer there to be modern praise and worship. Oh my gosh. Actually, that's kind of so fallen out of phase at this point. Now it's modulated reverb. Yep. We've moved away well, from back to modulated. <laughs> you know what works really well for me? The spring tank in the back of my fender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, burn. <laughs> you know what great, works great for me? I can't where I can just pick whatever the heck I want. Take a drink. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta yep. take a drink. <laughs> Dang it! So um, really cool, really expensive. I'm not seeing. I I don't think you're going to see a lot of these um, selling, but I don't think they're supposed to. I think it's just supposed to be a proof of concept, and then we'll see the pieces out probably on the market as smaller pedals. But it is a gorgeous pedal. Um, and yeah, it, that's one of those. Uh, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, uh, there was the art guitars at uh, Nam. This is kind of this seems to be really much like an art pedal, um, kind of something that looks really nice. I don't think you can be in the pedal business now and not sell a pedal that looks amazing. Um, yeah. I, I, or be as bare bones as possible. Like if, yeah, one or the other. Well, the, the that's like um, JHS has done really well at all of their pedal. Well, they've got the hand painted pedals, um, which. But their line of pedals is very simplistic. But when you see it, you know it. Mm-hmm. They've got this. Usually, they've got like the old school used to be. They have the stamp, and now that they're doing like screen printing and all that, they've got the the stamp style put on there. And then, uh, I mean, it's it, an ugly pedal. Like it's hard to sell one. I mean, because we've talked about it before. You associate you somehow. Your brain tricks you into if it looks nice, it sounds nice. If it looks ugly, it's I, I I have bought pedals because I like how they look. Plain and simple. I mean, I definitely have. Or like, yeah. I want the special art edition of a pedal mm-hmm. own just yeah. just for the artwork, and I'm like, I know it doesn't sound any different. I just want it. <laughs> I do have a JHS hand painted that they painted Ron Swanson on for me. So there's what? that. Nice. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Listen, um, a prime example of that, someone that, uh, not saying they did bad before, but whenever they changed their artwork, it really brought them into a new level, in my opinion, was Wampler. Um, sure. They're, uh, when they started moving into version twos or almost version threes of things, um, they really uh, kind of stepped up into the next level in art. And um, that's like uh, the Fotape Echo version two is a is a prime example the new one looks absolutely amazing um i think jason wilding does the graphic design and um he really brought them up in the in the design of it because uh, i mean wampler old school stuff or back when he was into guitars and everything looked like it was just label maker put on there <laughs> and um i think i honestly think some of it was like almost label maker like uh some of the old school underdogs that you see and some of the triple rex uh 
like it's it's pretty crazy but yeah you definitely the way things look help you know sell stuff yeah absolutely so uh speaking of the way things look and going simplistic let's uh let's jump to this next thing the that we're starting to finally start seeing some of these summer nam announcements early i guess but because we're about a month out right now basically yeah so we're probably gonna have a few slow news days here for the next week or two but um yeah uh grez has announced a new baritone version of their mendocino um i truth be told i've never heard of this brand before have you any of you guys Nope, but it looks like a Gretsch, and it's almost it like very Gretsch. much does. It's a Northern Californian builder, so Doug, that's out in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've either met this guy, or I, I think we've done events together, and I'm drawing a blank, but I, I'm certain we have. I, I like it. I, I think it's really right. Took a throw at him. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Tonewoods comprise an old growth redwood top and one piece Honduran mahogany neck and body. So exotic woods. Yeah. Uh, so, Doug, seeing as you are in this profession, here's mm-hmm. my question on a lot of these, like, tone woods and, and words oh, like that. Oh, tell me you're going to have the thing I was just about to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you how you felt about um, some of these builders that, like, throw these exotic woods out at, at you. Do, you. do you feel that they sonically make such a difference that it, it's – should be the selling point or do you think that it's just a little caveat i do find it's kind of amazing how everyone has old i'm sorry you can't see my air quotes quote unquote old growth wood um which seems kind of odd to me because we all buy it from the same place (laughs) you know i mean occasionally you know like with redwood you can you know there are people who do go recycle redwood and and i get that you know and, and stuff but uh um I, you know, we were talking about in the last episode where for us, where our customer base is at, it's been a lot of painted stuff. So we just don't do a lot of fancy woods anymore. It's just kind of not my bag personally. Like, I mean, so this Grez is much simpler than like the, you know, I'm just not into the, you know, like a PRS with a, you know, ooh, look at the the all Brazilian rosewood PRS. I'm like, don't care. You know, it's just not my thing. Um, It's bragging rights at that point, isn't it? It kind of is. Well, I, I have a... I, everybody has a different opinion in the industry who builds guitars, understandably. I, I feel like I'm in the minority camp where body woods are, are much overhyped for what the bot sound does to an electric guitar. The, and the neck wood is criminally under-talked about. The neck wood, to me, makes way bigger difference than the body woods. If you change the... If you built a um, Super Chief you know, or, or a Banshee or something with a maple neck instead of the Spanish mahogany neck, it's a drastically different sounding guitar um, than if I build a Super Chief with a Redwood top. It's night and day difference. Like Redwood or we, like we've done Redwood and Basswood and Maple and Mahogany, all these different front and back combos for Super Chief, and they don't sound that different, honestly, compared to if you change the neck wood. Um, so, you know, it's to me, it, it definitely, the some of the parts add up but it's just not the formula that I'm into. Um, and yeah, I do kind of feel like the, the all Rosewood guitar or, you know, look how much endangered woods on my guitar. It's just not my thing. I, and I think it is kind of bragging rights more than uh, anything else. Hmm. What about the fretboard material, Doug? How much of a tone difference does that make? <laughs> Almost none. Honestly. Is it yeah. just using uh, paper? Style? 
Uh, I pick a fretboard wood. This is the order I give the priorities. Uh, number one is how stable it is. Um, number two is what it looks like. Uh, number three is how well. No, actually, number one and number two are really how stable and how well it holds a fret, um, followed by how it looks and then how it sounds last. Um, it's it's not nearly as much of a, you know. And this is acoustic. I mean, I'm sorry, electric guitars. Acoustics are obviously a different story. Was a different thing altogether for an acoustic, but uh, on the electrics, it's just way overplayed. I. I I have done Brazilian. I have done Ebony. I have done. Uh, we've been doing Wenge for over ten years now. Um, I've done every fretboard variant known to mankind. And the people who tell me that they can't be happy with a Les Paul if it doesn't have a Brazilian fretboard are insane. Because they moved insane. to what was it, Rich Light? Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand people want maybe being hung up that Rich Light is you know compressed yeah. paper, you know, essentially uh, or wood pulp, but. Uh, uh, and, and it's neat to see that Richlight is gaining acceptance in uh, um, kind of the non-vintage crowds, which is, um, and we don't make anything on like the metal, modern, seven-pointy, you know, guitar end of the spectrum. But that crowd seems to be much more open to ideas and innovation than the markets I sit in. Um, yeah. So I certainly enjoy watching that. And, and frankly, not without a little bit of envy of that. I kind of wish that people were more open to ideas. It took me a long time to convince people that Wenge was a great fretboard wood. Um, and it's been around forever. It's been, it's been a big standard of the bass scene for, for decades, but it, it took a long time for it to kind of start catching on for guitars. Um, and honestly, the Rosewood band probably helped us more than anything because we were already, we just haven't worked with Rosewood uh, for a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, and let's move on. Let's go to the uh, the last one. <laughs> we need to oh, sorry, but the but the grass the grass <laughs> stuff looks really good. And uh, um, by the way, just as a uh, totally different note, I really like what it is. It's a pretty simple looking guitar, but uh, his prices are pretty reasonable. I was looking at his website, and um, these are kind of in my wheelhouse. Not the the baritone so much, but just the normal version, and they're like twenty eight hundred dollars, which is really cheaper than anything I make now. Um, and I, I really like this one with the red redwood top. I think it's redwood's a great sounding wood. Um, yeah, they look cool. Yeah, they're um, very they're very simple. Um, I'd be concerned. I I don't have a lot of experience with Bigsby's with a baritone. Mm -hmm. I guess with the extended scale, the tension's not as bad. But you know, I, yeah, I, I would prefer a hardtail. I think sometimes, or, with, but with the Bigsby's, I always I prefer a higher tension. Because it it feels like it just kind of returns the pitch better. It. Yeah, like it, it it feels like there's more kind of resistance to moving it. If you've got light gauge strings and there's not much tension, then like you feel like you're moving it and it's not doing a whole lot of anything. Um, but I I like I don't know I'd play a baritone with a Bigsby. Scott Holiday's Banshee baritone's big got a Bigsby on it. Seems to be working fine for him. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. yeah Bigsby are hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to throw that down your throat like that. Yeah. Listen, hey, <laughs> available half, now half, at uh yeah. pre order half of, half of us is just yelling at each other. That's <laughs> basically. And then talking smack about each other in the private group chat. So, well good. He's <laughs> <laughs> good, building friendships, that's great. So I think what we'll do is if we ever start like doing a Patreon or allow people to like support the podcast, we'll like just let them screenshot the group chat once in a while and just share it. 
Yeah, and you're like, this is Diaz and Scott getting into it about something stupid that'll never affect them in real life. Um, Do we actually argue? I don't... <laughs> no, I, no I, I, think, yeah. I like to imagine we argue more than we actually do. <laughs> so, we do like to talk crap about each other every once in a while. Um, let's see. Uh, now, can we move on to the next one? Am I, am I good? I'm, yeah, sorry. I, 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 no, I was pretty sure the last time. So, I wanted to make sure... Um, so we're moving on to uh, Hover Guitar is the world's first invisible guitar and bass wall mount. So if is it you really the seen... first, though? Hey, <laughs> would music radar lie to us? Yes. So I so saw this. You <laughs> I saw this first, I think, in the Guitar Nerds group. I saw it somewhere. I, I, yeah, I saw it before we I, brought it in. I think one of the people behind it was like saying, like, hey, how'd I do this? And was teasing it. And, you know, people were guessing at how this worked because he was just showing the guitar hanging in space. Yeah, the, yeah, I saw that post. I, I hate whenever, like, people who, like, are coming out with a new product or, um, or, or so it's it's got a Kickstarter when they go on. And then they, one, I hate when people act like they're not a part of the company. And they're like, hey, I saw this. And we're like, dude, you're uh, well, profile kind of shell for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, the self-shell. And then, or whenever people who own stuff like post it and they like try to be cryptic about it, I'm like, just tell us what you're trying to sell us, dude. Like, stop. I'm about done with the cryptic selling stuff. <laughs> I don't want to have to guess what it is. <laughs> just tell me what it is. And I'll tell you if I want to buy it. All right. So the hover Sorry. guitar Sorry, is a there. wall hanger. Yeah. For yeah. 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 Um, where there is literally no visible connection point. It's um, a magnet. No, it's not actually. No. It looks like it is. It is. What is uh, it? it works by. Uh, they call it their super toaster, but really it's a uh, it's a replacement <laughs> neck plate oh, yeah. for uh, the bolt-on neck. So it really only works with a few guitars right now. It should have been a magnet. You know, it's funny. I thought it was a magnet too, and I'm looking at it now, and it's not. I, it's almost like a hook and a raised neck plate. Yeah, um, for a magnet to work like that, it would have to be so tight that that to rip it off would be. I'm not a magnet scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody figure it out. Someone call Elon Musk. This is this is the part of the show where Scott starts being analytical about things, and Diaz just goes, "Shut the hell up." Uh, All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to derail us. Do you guys know how Elon Musk got his first money? PayPal. All right, so listen. He owned a website that was a, a corn fan website. It was like cornsfreaksonaleash.com, uh, something like that. The one, the one corn website, fan website, yeah. I hope. Listen, <laughs> he got him a couple million dollars. So I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's sure I read it. And on the internet, so it's got to be. Um, but apparently, Never. he like compared uh, the bass player. What's his name? Fieldy. Yeah. Was it Monkey? Fieldy. Fieldy's the bass player. It would be so Said great that... if you were like naming the bass player from <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit at the time. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I'm just gonna mess up every bass player's name. Like, they'll, they'll never get the respect they deserve. Um, but uh, did you guys hear that bass player named like a Pinch? Or stung, or yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> continue on. Oh, he played for the cops, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, the yeah. C night. 
yeah. but apparently uh uh he like compared it to like seinfeld or something like and he like scientifically proved how it sounded so close to it and corn's uh management was like so worried that seinfeld would sue him or something like that that they offered him two million dollars for the website he sold it and then they took down the article nice so that's how elon musk apparently started his that's how he so what you're saying is you're gonna turn this podcast into um the next conspiracy theory podcast and make up things about Paul McCartney or something and then hopefully he'll buy your podcast out. Dude, Paul's been dead for years. Don't you oh, say yeah. that. <laughs> Wait, how am I just realizing this is exactly when Homer invents the uh uh oh my god, what's the website that he uh invents and Bill Gates comes to buy him out and then just beats him up basically? Uh oh, no. But did you guys you know the internet cake wasn't it they had to basically uh do the vegan thing they had to turn lisa vegan yep <laughs> yeah that was i am really good at distracting this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, i'm sorry i'm just doing something now i, I just periodically <laughs> yeah. don't doug do you remember when i messaged you the first time about being on the podcast what was the thing i asked that we could talk about simpsons <laughs> that's it. We're gonna talk about Simpsons and Oreos, uh, but um, okay. So this this little hover guitar system. So it, it replaces your neck. Yeah, it replaces your neck plate and then connects to a hook that's on the wall. The only problem with that is the main. My main issue is number one, how many different neck plates are they coming out with? Because Fender alone on Strats have different neck plates. There's yep. the four screw. There's the three screw with yep. the curve. Um, yeah. Micro tilt. You've got mm-hmm. all these ones. I've got a micro tilt on mine. And even then, on and because it, it's showing a Fender guitar, so I'm gonna stick with Fender. So number, you can't do it with a uh, any Gibson. Um, you can't do it with a Cower. Can you put it on? A uh, you can do it. With, you can do it with a Titan. Yeah, Titan uses do. the same neck plate. Okay, so you've got you can do it with a Titan. Um, but there's so many guitars that you can't do it with. And on a lot of Fender guitars, the neck plate screws are what's holding the neck to the body. Mm-hmm. I think on, yeah. And you need so, longer screws well, now. Is it, yeah. I mean, that, you, you need longer plate. screws and number, which I would hope it comes with. And not saying that taking a Fender neck off is annoying because a lot of people do it quite a bit, but it is something that if you do it wrong, you're going to jack your neck up. Um, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that this. Yeah, this take isn't... your strings off first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you get a person who yeah, has no clue, get how... gonna be here like we're gonna have to explain lefty loosey righty tighty to him. Oh, that's how it comes off. It's the that's why. <laughs> I thought you just up. turned it. I thought you just turned it clockwise until the screws finally broke loose. I hold up my hands and whichever one actually makes an L. That's my left. I figured that out. <laughs> I learned that last week. It was great. You learned that last week? No, I was, I was kidding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I will uh, say, uh, on the addressing the neck plate issue here, they they're pretty open about that. That's the limitation to this thing. It only works with that right now. Um, the guys at uh, Rakongas Guitars in Finland. Um, they were at the same show in Berlin that we were at, and they had uh, this ridiculous steampunk display that they made that was like like three differential axles per, uh, put together, and they used same idea that they used magnets 
Um, they had like neodymium magnets in their thing that were strong enough to hold with the truss rod, like in the middle of the neck. Um, and then like one on the, uh, somewhere else. I'm not sure on the body. Um, and then they literally spun these things 360 degrees. So they were half of the rotations away from the stand and it worked. Um, hmm. it was kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do not want to trust that. Yeah. Uh, the hook idea seems a little safer, uh, until somebody just uses drywall mollies to mount it, which will be their own fault. Um, yeah. Don't anchor yeah. your stuff into drywall. Find the stud. Yes. <laughs> or you could buy a product from a local uh, possible podcast host. That would mean you don't have to put anything on the wall. You could buy a DR Or a podcast sponsor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's like, Did Doug just sponsor Connor? our podcast, guys? <laughs> you heard yeah, it we'll, we'll see. I'll take two stands in that case. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, we'll see. Right. So, so the great I have question for you guys. I, I have for everybody here is: Is this worth the thirty-six euros? I would rather go buy a Hercules hanger because those of what I've been using for years. I just love yeah. all pricing. The last two weeks has been in euros this entire time. Right, I don't know American, how I did this. Would, Twenty bucks American, I'd try one. That's still a lot of money, man. I... No, I think for twenty dollars, I mean, think about it. You buying a new neck plate is kind of expensive as it is. Oh, it's not. Neck plates are cheap, like That's... four dollars. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah, they, yeah, are. they are. Buying in bulk, maybe. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you might be right. Sorry. Right. Carry on. <laughs> I... <laughs> I bought one recently. Hang on, I'm going into Amazon, seeing how much I paid for a, fen a genuine Fender one. Okay. 20 bucks. I yeah. said 20 bucks. No, I don't think you pay that much. I did it's not. I think my base neck bigger. plate was like seven at the most. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I made but... this order a while ago. Okay, I, whatever. I don't care. I have no idea how many <laughs> But um Okay, you know, I'm looking at this, though. The one thing I could see that would be, and uh, without seeing it, I kind of feel like um, you would spend a bunch of time trying to get this thing lined up on the hook correctly. To get it on the wall and possibly either scratching the wall up or the back of your guitar, maybe. Um, yeah, because yeah, right it's kind of right stock, there. Right at the top of your headstock, you'd have a little spot where paint keeps rubbing like white paint. Yeah, it, it, it needs a rub plate for sure. Like that, that will get worn down. Yeah, yeah. Especially it's a neat idea, though. though. Find ten dollars. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm like bidding with them, and they're not even here. I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> just like, just like Doug gets to deal with whatever every we minute. <laughs> We're gonna segue into it. All right, so um, I guess I'll kind of explain the topic because I kind of came up with it. Um, let's see. Dang it, Scott. Ten seventy nine <laughs> Fender F neck plate. Okay. Suck it. <laughs> 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 thanks, right. Doug, thanks, Doug, for the backup on that one. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Happy to help. Doug's the official suck it guy. <laughs> Take that. Uh, now I'm gonna get uh, some guy complaining that I'm charging him for the extra five dollars on that neck plate. You sit on the podcast, you only pay five dollars. <laughs> All right, you're right. I'll take well, Tank's price we, down five dollars. 
Just let us know who's actually listening to the podcast. Use, <laughs> use coupon code Suck It on Coward's website. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's ha- oh, that's happening. Yeah, that'll be yes. $5 coupon. <laughs> All right, so, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so mad if I can't find it. Um, I guess I never you, saved. Your R boutique cost worth it? topic no i had the uh i had the screenshot of the actual post i don't know oh it's it. it's in probably the uh um, inner circle group yeah. um, i'm sure uh, i can so, give you the synopsis because what you're alluding at while you go look for it so uh i think the number one thing i'm proud of as a business is how many people tell me um how much they enjoy when i have to deal with assholes online and uh um Pardon my French. <laughs> it's, uh, We're good. Yeah. It, it, there's a very interesting thing on the internet where if people think your product is too expensive, they will tell you so. And then when you try to explain to them why it's so expensive or show them that you also make things that are inexpensive, um, they think you're an asshole for telling them that. Um, yeah. And so that's happened. Uh, it happened again yesterday. And it, this, my favorite thing about when we deal with internet trolls is somehow they always pick the worst day. Not like I'm having a bad day. The worst day for them to do this because the it's last Saturday, time, you don't have a, you, your Saturday is your day that you don't have. It was literally not only Saturday, but it was my birthday yesterday. So I was just that's drinking right. beer all day, not to tote my birthday. Uh, so in the last time, the most famous incident of this was like right before Thanksgiving and we were snowed in, uh, in my parents' cabin and I've been drinking bourbon all day and bourbon <laughs> Doug is a real dickwad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will not have any of that. Uh, so yesterday, the thing Jonathan's alluding to is, is this guy came on. And so we, we talked about in the last episode we have that rack line and the rack line is kind of what lets our was kind of what lets us do guitars honestly at this point um but the racks that we make we intentionally make a nice rack it's a furniture grade product um you know it's and it's expensive to make it's expensive materials on every level the the bamboo is expensive the the specific materials we use for all the contact surfaces we had to thoroughly test and some of them we had to work with the manufacturers to make sure that they wouldn't you know, react with nitro and, and, you know, we've had pre-war Martins on these things and, and, you know, it's a thoroughly thought out product and, and even things like the packaging is expensive. Like it just goes on and on. So it's, they're not cheap, but they're not the most expensive option out there. And this guy gets on our page and throws a hiss fit that this rack was $720 for the full. I've got the thing right here. Okay, good. Yeah. If you want to read it, you're welcome to. I'm not gonna read the whole thing because uh, I, I went on a tirade. Also, very long-winded. <laughs> so, um, Cody Jones Music. I'm gonna say the name because you showed your butt and you deserve to be known for it. Uh, but seven seven hundred forty-nine dollars for a guitar stand makes perfect sense. Then the little emoji with the guy scratching his chin. But the best part of all of this is because Doug did the screenshot. There's a little heart that's lit up next to it. Where Doug likes the comment. <laughs> I don't think anyone else caught that, but I just saw it, and it made me happy. Yeah, uh, so, well, so I did Doug like the put, comment. <laughs> Doug put, we don't control the price of materials. All right, that was a very short 
response. I like it. It's it's true. It's, and then the retort from Cody Jones was, come on now, in a day and age where professional musicians are making less money than ever due to loss of revenue through digital, 360 deals, etc., you make $5,000 guitars and $1,000 guitar stands. I appreciate the hustle, but your price point isn't a reality for the majority of working musicians I interact with on a daily basis in L.A. All right, so I want to say something because, well, number one, power guitars are not guitars that are made for everyday guitar players. They're not. That's not the spectrum that that price point is in. And we talked about it in the pre-episode. Price and affordability is relative to you and your income. True. I mean, there's Doug. How many customers do you have that are repeat customers? Um, actually, a, a lot of Cower customers are. Uh, we we there's a lot of Cower customers out there with two or three Cowers. Uh, they don't always have them at the same time. You know, a lot of times some of our customers are multiple customers, but it's one in one out, and and that's yeah. fine. Um, you know, there's two ways to look at this though. I have a very mixed opinion on it. Guitar players, look, let's let's look at this from a different perspective. Uh, I have an iPhone X. My iPhone X costs a thousand dollars. It's a stupid purchase. Uh, I know it was a stupid purchase, but and I know that in six months I'm going to jump it for the next phone, which really and that's part of why I bought it because I know that I'm you know I'm going to end up having another phone and it's going to cost me the same either way. Uh, but that's a thousand dollars for something made in China by slave labor, uh, and there's a lot of technology and IP in it. But it's a device that I will own for six months at best. Yeah. Uh, my $3,000 guitar that has 40 to 50 hours of labor in it by four dudes in California does not go out of date. It doesn't have an expiration. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't go past a uh, – you can own that thing for a lifetime. So the value of it is you know, we, we have no problem throwing down huge sums of money for something that we know we're not going to keep. Yet we argue about something that's an artisan-built thing um, that, frankly, guitars are, like, criminally underpriced anyway, in my opinion. Anybody who's built them quickly realizes that. That guitars are difficult, complicated things to make. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not an iPhone in complexity of design by any stretch. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they're, they're, they're not something that you just slap three pieces of wood together and a guitar comes out the other end They're, they have time invested. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the fact that you can buy so many guitars for under a thousand dollars that are now pretty good guitars is mind boggling when you and then, you know, and, and really Gibson, as much as I hate Gibson, they're the biggest brunt of this. People is exactly the same thing that happened here. People always go Gibson's overpriced. And then they point to like a, you know, Tom Murphy aged historic custom shop Les Paul at seven thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of overpriced. And then they go, the company's out of touch with reality, ignoring the fact that Gibson also has a nine hundred ninety nine dollars studio Les Paul. That's pretty good for the money that's made in Nashville. I mean, I've got I got my Gibson Firebird for like thirteen hundred. Yeah, it, so it's not fair. And the same thing that Cody did to me, you know. You make five thousand dollar guitars. I make the occasional five thousand dollar guitar. It's not representative of what we make on a daily basis. And then when I show him that, and I said, "Yeah, but we also make Titan at thirteen hundred dollars." So you know, oh, you're out of touch with with working musicians. I'm like, no, we're not. You know, we 
you know, I want a 911 Turbo. You need a better, but need I, a better musician. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I want a Porsche, and I, you know, want, you know, because why not? I, you know, uh, everybody wants some fancy. Well, you know, it's one of those things. Everybody got that thing they're into. It. I could probably go out. Actually, I know I could go out and buy a Cayman right now if I, you know, the money's not an object for a Cayman. The, the car I'm driving right now costs the same amount of money. Uh, but that doesn't stop me from really wanting a 911 Turbo GT3 RS, you know, <laughs> where it's five, you know, almost the same half the price of my house. And I know I'm never going to afford that, but I'm not upset at Porsche for making that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a prime example of, Doug, you know, I love your work. I've well, I appreciate that. From you. I've never bought anything from you. And that's because at the current time, it's out of my price point for the most part. I, and, I, I'm. I'm out of my own price point. I can't afford my stuff. Yeah, but and but I'm not going to go on there and like shame, try to shame you, price shame you. I mean, we live in a day and age where people just need to shut up and keep moving. I mean, I, well, <laughs> anybody I, who complains I, about I prices a... on the market right now has clearly never tried to buy a cello. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. Or yeah. A good violin or any a of A lot of these yeah. classical instruments of. And those are those are professional musicians that use those too, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Half the time they're borrowing I mean, yeah. them too. Like anyone who, yeah. pl- like, uh, think about like uh, the, the prime example is like how expensive Stradivariuses are. Yeah, just like millions and millions of dollars of guitar uh, for violins, and like anyone who's playing with them, they don't own them. There's some collector rich dude who's letting them borrow it because he wants it featured at, at the Met or you know whatever sure. harmonic is playing. And the it. insurance that they're paying on those things. Well, it, and there was a story of a, a woman in New York who had a Stradivarius and was riding the subway and it got like stuck in the door. Yeah. She lost her oh, arm God. trying to rescue the Stradivarius. Sure. Mm. I mean, like, so like $5,000 for a guitar is not expensive compared to how expensive other instruments are in the world. Definitely. Sure. And and I'm, you know, I'll be the first to say, um, there are some builders, I have a list not a list. There are a few that out there that I think are it's like, are. It's like Billy Madison are, is like putting paint like the list. Yeah. The list yep. Yeah. People, the, people oh, to kill. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that meme now. That is gonna. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are there are certainly guitars that I look at and go, eh, I think that's kind of overpriced. And then there's we that Grez guitar we were just talking about. I mean, that's a guitar that's significantly cheaper than my average guitar, uh, and it's also California. Um, the, the thing with that Cody guy, my favorite remark back to that guy is like, it's like, well, you know, we just, your stuff is out of touch to be, you know, for starving musicians. I'm like, yeah, I have to charge this so that I can pay my employees to not be starving musicians. Like we, you know, I want to pay my guys, you know, as much as I can it is certainly a living wage, if not better. And, and, you know, and I have saintly guys who have been, you know, some of them, Andrew's been with me the longest, has been with me before any of us started getting paid. Um, you know, and 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 no, no. You said we once built a guitar with a toaster oven in it. In it. Oh <laughs> man, I kind of let the cat out of the bag. There, okay. Ryan and I have been talking about our April Fool's prank, and I was like, man, I want to build a guitar with a toaster in it, so I can say we finally built something for the starving musician. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so now you'll know what our April Fool's prank for next year is going to be. <laughs> All three of you listening, thank you. Yeah, know. it's, it's going to expand from there a little bit, but I, I got I got a theme going. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking a hot dog toaster guitar might be really fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, you could have it coming out of the headstock, the little rotating hot dog thing. You put them on the end. Yes. There's, there, yeah, there's some ideas here. Uh, 
Yeah, it's oh it's gosh. tough. No, yeah. Dude, Quickie Mart theme. Just do a Quickie Mart theme. Done. Settled. Now that's all good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you just yeah. nailed it. Yeah. yeah, that actually might have to be a production thing now. But you know, I, it's it's one of those things. Anybody who's run a business understands that. You know, the the last four weeks are prime examples of that. I I've been having to put like I've been I need to order pickups. I need to order hardware. And we've been doing good, but I've also had, you know, material orders. I had uh, taxes. I had all these other bills that just eats, and let alone talking about rent and payroll that we get every week for payroll. You know, how much money you have to make just to keep the doors open, not even before you make anything. Um, it actually costs me a certain amount of money every day, whether I come in and turn the lights on or not, period, just to have the shop. Um, yeah. And the irony of and where I think you're going to see guitar pricing in general, including Fender and Gibson, as as sales go down some, as Fender loses market share and Gibson loses market share to small builders, but as the uh, guitar is not dying, I think that's a gross exaggeration, but it, uh, you know, I'm sure the market is going to shrink some. It's not, it's not like it was in the 60s or 70s or the 80s. You know, it, it, the, the customer base is sh shifting and shrinking some. And as that happens, if you sell a hundred thousand guitars a year for well, let's just make the math easy for a hundred dollars, you know, you do a million a year, and that's the number you have to make every year to be in business. But then the next year you only sell ten thousand guitars, you're gonna have to charge a thousand dollars for those guitars to make the same number. And then if you start only selling a hundred guitars a year, you know, you gotta charge ten thousand dollars a guitar or whatever, you know, just to just to pay those bills. It's the irony is the more people who bought racks from us or buy Titans, the more I could probably drive the price down. Um, but I certainly can't do it at a loss. Uh, yeah. And if we only sell 10 Titans a month, then I know what we got to make that month on them. Uh, well, otherwise when it's is going to get in the guitar business? Yeah. <laughs> Are we That's quoting Joe Dirt here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I made that a meme uh, in the Gearslum group. I think that's there. Uh, the, the hardest yeah. part about all of this is that a lot of these people are sitting in their chair on their phone and they're looking at their bank account and then looking at this price when they don't realize that you're like you said you pay your employees a livable wage as yeah as, as much as i can, can. And in then, california yeah, we talked about that too. I think that was like pre-episode stuff we talked about. Yeah, a lot of people don't look at where some of this stuff is built. The cost of living in California versus um, Tennessee, where I'm in East Tennessee, which has a very low cost of living. I rent a um, four-bedroom house with a basement and a garage. It's an older house, but mm -hmm. I pay seven ninety-five a month. <laughs> See, yeah. Look, right there, that's a prime example. Um, I have a one-bedroom apartment with a parking spot that costs over twice that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> my, my mortgage is three times yours. Yeah. Your 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 rent, John. Yeah. It, it's it's all relative. Yeah. And, and, all relative and I mean, I'll... where you live, where you're based, what you're, you know, and and you can't sit there and number one, it's not your damn business in the first place. Like literally, it's it's not. So you can't sit there and tell people what they should be charging and what it's worth. I mean, we've talked about what things that, like, you know, if it was in this price range, I'd be interested in it. Yeah. But if it's not in that price range, I'm not interested. And I just go about my business. 
I might talk about it on a podcast, but I'm not going to sit there and try to blast the company. I mean, number one, well, the, the, the ironic thing of your DRS, he, the 750, yep. it's the high. Oh end. man, I don't even want to explain to him that you can look. You, you know, I've had customers who've bought five full racks. I mean, it's like three thousand dollars in racks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. when, I, when I when I said this about the pre-war Martins, I literally had a guy call me one day. He's like, "Hey, would you would you give me a deal if I bought? Um, I need three full stacks and and one more Alpha Seven. I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I've got a room that all my pre-war Martins are in, and they're all on crappy stands that I spent you know a hundred thousand dollars building this room that's all temperature controlled, humidity controlled. This is a really great product. I'm really excited about it." And I was like, "So basically, you've probably got a million dollars in guitars sitting in there, you know?" And oh, just the you know, just the on personal installation. You'll yeah, I should have. Honestly, I was honestly, <laughs> I was terrified about that because we had tested the materials as much as we humanly could. But I don't have a pre-war Martin, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope I hope nothing happens." Yeah. <laughs> and even though you offer the those guitar racks we talked about, they're on American Musical and Z Zounds, yeah. and yeah. they have payment plans. I listen. I yeah. that's how I got my Gibson Firebird. Sure. Was was through that. That's the only way I could afford it and be able to get a guitar that I wanted. I mean, you offer the racks on that. I mean, you don't have anything on Titan or Cower, but you also have a deposit system. Yeah. With these guitars. Um, yep. you, you I've seen you out in the open. And we we if somebody wants to finance a custom Cower build through you know a firm, we make listings for people all the time that are specific for them and and. They do their custom order that way, and and the ironic thing is, if the guy had not been a jerk and just said, "Oh man, you know, I really wish I could afford one of these. Let me know if you ever get a scratching dent." I have, a, I mean, I have those stuff all the time. I would have made him a great deal on one to help him out, you know, I to or to anybody, you know. I'm hmm. literally on Instagram the day before. I'm like, hey, you know, the ones we took all these photos of, it's all once assembled. We'll sell it for a discount. Just let us know, you know. And and I'm always trying to do that kind of stuff for people. Um, yeah. It's just annoying when people always go right to the most expensive thing we make and call us assholes for it. And I'm like, but we're not. We're we're nice guys. So yeah, that, but that that thread was quite entertaining because I I did enjoy giving that guy some rope. And then eventually it just became I was like, so basically your summary is the mean guys being mean to me. And uh, that's when I was like, all right, I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I contributed to that conversation another point that I, I think is worth talking a little bit. Like you guys were talking about how easy it is to finance or break it into payments. So suddenly that big price tag doesn't seem so big anymore. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. how often you see these people complaining about how expensive guitars are. And they'll show a pedal board and they've got the Strifecta on it and they've got this and yep. they've got that. And I'm yep. like, you spent that much on your pedal board, but you did it piecemeal. So you just don't think it's worth as much. Yeah. I, there's definitely that. I definitely find uh, as an observer of this, and especially in the business, the gear page is a prime example of this. There are guitar people, there are amp guys, and there are pedal guys. And then there's a very small selection that kind of floats in between. Like there are a lot of guys playing $10,000 guitars into a, you know, blues junior. You're like uh, okay, um, and in the same boat, there are guys with multiple thousand dollar pedal boards um, playing a squire through it, you know, into a whatever. And and then there's there's a few that you know have kind of everything going, but there are definitely those camps, and and uh, the pedals definitely are easy to bite off at two hundred bucks at a time. But then there's all of a sudden you've got a three or four thousand dollar pedal board. Uh. <laughs> well, that's that comes down to some people just aren't good at managing money, like myself. 
Um, yeah. they, they, they can't put money away and not touch it. Like I get my mom's favorite saying was, "It's burning a hole in your pocket." Yep. That's how, I, that's how you get. And uh, I mean, it's the problem. It's is, tough. Diaz, what if I told you that you could get a series of envelopes? And that every month. No. Well, we had, you know, I kind of, we were talking about the the classic audio thing, and we definitely felt last year a big shift in the business. 2016 was our best year. Uh, 2016 was so gangbusters that we had almost zero custom orders the entire year. We had the biggest year we'd ever had, and we were selling guitars literally either before they would get to the website as completed guitars, like we would Instagram it, like, hey, this is going to go on the website in the next couple of days. It would be gone before I even could get on there. We were, were also selling guitars a lot of times in that first off the CNC picture. And then it completely shifted in 2017, where it was the exact opposite. We sold almost no inventory. Um, and everything that we sold that year was a custom order because it split into four payments over six or seven months. With, and there's no interest on the customers. It's just, you know, it's this is the way we keep everybody honest. We, you know, we get 25% up front, and then we get 20, there's like three more milestones along the way where we take another payment draw and everybody's happy. Uh, um, and and so that's a big chunk of it is, is um, and I have my own theories for part of why that shifted, but uh, that's a whole other thing. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that and that's something we do offer. And it, smart people take advantage of that from us. Yeah. Uh, I certainly love it when we sell inventory. I mean, I love making $3,500 in one shot. Uh, but I also like having customer orders knowing that, you know, hey, this week if we get these three guitars to their next milestone, that's, you know, $3,000 collectively or $2,500 or something. Um, so it's some money that I can kind of count on week to week, uh, which is nice, um, or at least month to month. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we just, you know, I always like to say it like this. If you think being a starving musician is bad, try being in the business of selling things to starving musicians. Uh, <laughs> I'm below be your total goal. That should be like a t-shirt that you wear just every day. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's completely the truth. It's, it's such a, yeah. It's a, you know, the other side of the coin, like I said uh, about uh, when I when people pick these, and I'm certain that uh, Diaz is going to want to talk about this guy next, but uh, um, we we don't make enough money to be treated poorly. Like I, if you want to be a jerk to me and you're paying me a lot of money, you're going to be a jerk to me. Uh, but if you're going to be a jerk and I'm kind of like living on a hundred dollars in the bank account, like I kind of was probably yesterday, you're going to kind of get some pushback from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the all-time favorite, I think everybody's favorite on here, uh, would you like to talk about um, Mr. TLB? Uh, the, the good old TLB. Um, so there is an artist who... Uh, I don't know if you can see I... those air quotes. I'm assuming they were air quotes for that, too. He follows, <laughs> he follows our Instagram, guys, so be careful. <laughs> he All right, if he listens to this, then he can come in the group and, and say something. I, I invite you. To openly, so uh, funny story. There was someone who like was talking about the episodes and how the first episode I was kind of conservative about saying stuff, and then finally by the third one I just finally would say how I felt because you know what? Honestly, this is the way I feel about it. I've got the podcast, and if you're listening to it, I'm winning. So, um... <laughs> 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 uh, okie dokie. <laughs> but, uh, 
the yeah, Terry Lee Bolton was uh, Doug and I kind of bonded over the uh, um, kind of insanity that yeah. I think amusement so, is the best word. So Terry Lee Bolton is this guy in Nashville. I hadn't heard of him, but uh, the day we pulled the curtain back on Titan, this was right before Thanksgiving. This is when I the, this is the Bourbon Day. Um, and, and we have a pretty strict policy because I get literally every 10 minutes, I get an email or uh, Instagram. I'm in a band sponsor me. And I'm like, that's not really how it works. And, and the reality is I had a major artist we were working with early on in my, my career, like 10 years ago, who was really just kind of an ass and, and kept, he wanted all these things that I wouldn't do for a paying customer. And, uh, you know, wanted it under an impossible timeline. Didn't want to pay any money for it. And eventually, I was like, "This is stupid. Why am I doing this?" This, first of all, I don't really care who you are because that's not keeping my doors open right now, and it's not fair to me to the guy who did pay for a guitar, who did have to make that decision. Like, hey, man, you know, I've got these two things in my life I want to do, but I'm going to spend the money with Cower instead. And uh, so I was like, I just we have a very strict rule. Everybody pays for their stuff. Now, what they pay may vary depending on who they are and what relationship we have. But I would also be more willing. I would much rather give a guitar to a friend um, than somebody who thinks they're entitled to it. Um, and and that's been our overarching philosophy. Like the our friend that lost their stuff in the hurricane. And uh, so we pull the curtain back on Titan. And the comments are really great. You know, everybody's really excited about it. I'm like, you know, it's a $1,300 American-made guitar. How can you go wrong? And this guy, Terry Lee Bolton, gets on there and he goes, "I want you should give me one, full endorsement only. And I was like, hey. And I explained to him. I was like, hey, man, that's, that's just not what we do. You know, um, you're more than welcome to buy one. And if it's a good relationship, maybe we'll talk about more, you know, something in the future. And, and then he comments back immediately, full endorsement only, all capitals. And before I could reply, <laughs> he then linked me to his album, and his website is like, oh my god, would be an his website is an insult to GeoCities. <laughs> um, it's bad. It's and it's and like that's not necessarily how you grade somebody, but it's really like it's like it is like Homer's website when he just takes all the animations and sound effects from all yeah. the other websites and yeah. sticks it on his. That's kind of TLB's website. The only and person so they, who can pull off a website like that is analog man because their website yeah. hasn't been updated in forever oh yeah but, so but so busy he, making king of tones so we're yeah. we, we we accept it exactly. so he so before i can reply he links us to his album and his album is titled uh entitled you can't have this by terry lee bolton and at this <laughs> I, point i'm a big fan John of don't let that for you <laughs> and like this is just too good an opportunity so immediately i reply with with well, I guess you can't have this by Titan Guitars. And it went crazy. It went absurd. It was like 11 in the morning, which probably says more about me and my bourbon state than what it should. Um, but I was on vacation. I'll leave it at that. And uh, so this kind of goes on all day. He keeps saying things, and he just lobs them over the plate for the perfect re re return, you know, swing. Like... I can't help it. At this point, I just can't control myself. And then it got out of like it got on Instagram and on Facebook, and people started going to his account, like customers and followers of ours, and like spamming his account, and like Photoshop memes started happening. Because there's a lot to work with with him. There's there's a lot of <laughs> low hanging fruit that you can pull from. 
And uh, like, so like, my favorite was the uh, Step Brothers meme, like the movie poster from Step Brothers with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, and it's Terry Lee Bolton and Michael Bolton uh, instead. <laughs> that was that was one of my favorites. Um, it was so good. But by the end of the day, like, I, like a few people were like, I can't believe you would do this. You know, that's really unprofessional of you guys. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I gave this guy an opportunity to understand that he could become someone we could work with, but I'm not going to give it to him because he's entitled to it uh, or thinks he is. You know, it's not fair to everybody else who pays for our guitars. And so at kind of the end of the day, I was like, all right, you know, this has kind of gone on for like eight hours. Maybe we're getting a little over the the precipice here. So as an apology – uh, enjoy 10% off using the coupon code Terry Lee Bolton for the next 24 hours. And uh, that's how we apologize. We turned them into a sales promotion. Uh, it was uh, maybe the highlight of Coward Guitars trolling history. I, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. If you guys are not following Coward Guitars, you have to. <laughs> or, or Terry Lee Bolton's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of that too. <laughs> yeah, follow Terry Lee Bolton. Uh, Mark Swartz, who uh, a lot of us met um, last year at Summer Nam, uh, he's become a huge fan of Terry Lee Bolton. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a great thing. Um, I, I believe we were listening to his album in my car one day when we were down. We when, after after we went to pharmacy. Yeah. We were. Oh man. A buddy of mine that I occasionally get to go out and play guitar with, he we were making we were talking about TLB and he I showed up something on my phone and he's like, Oh, let me see. And then he set my phone up so that when I got in my car and it reconnected to the Bluetooth, that was literally came blasting out of the stereo <laughs> and I was like, That was some pretty upper level trolling. I, I was really impressed by that. Well, movie. hey, you you I just gave know. him a fifty cent boost or fifty percent boost in his listing, so Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be like, for some reason. I don't know what day it's going to be. It's going to be the second uh, or like the first Wednesday in June. Um, he's, he's nice little sales like, for a website traffic spike. Yep. It was pretty – the funniest thing is I started getting emails throughout the day from other industry friends who had had – I had no idea. Like He was like – he was an industry legend uh, for people that have run-ins with this guy. And, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The guitar story was great. Yeah, and I don't want to necessarily dive into that one because it's, I mean, a little bit of confidence, but uh, yeah, but it, yeah, this pretty epic story, and like, uh, yeah, he's he's an entertaining human being. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up with that. Um, So once again, thank you, Doug, for being on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Hey Doug, oh, yeah, one I, last shameless plug. Where where can people find your stuff? What's what of the thirteen uh, different ways to communicate with you? Or yeah. <laughs> so there's three yeah, websites. There's a uh, Cower Guitars, K A U E R. By the way, I'm pretty sure I started a guitar business just to force people to learn how to spell my last name correctly. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, TitanGuitars.com has its own website. Cower and Titan both also have their own Instagram accounts um, at Cower Guitars at Titan Guitars. Um, and then drsracks.com is the rack website. Um, it's just the website. We we just talk about the racks on the Cower Instagram page from time to time uh, because it's the same product over and over. It's not really um, that exciting to have its own Instagram account. Um, but yeah, the Cower Instagram account is where you go get those wicked savage Simpsons memes. Uh, um, <laughs> hold on. Speaking of Simpsons, we have to. You, you promised that you would 
let us talk about it. So I'm going to ask you just really quick. Sure. What's your favorite Simpsons episode that you could? Oh, watch I, it's, at that's any time? that's easy for me. Uh, my all-time favorite episode is uh, it's called "You Only Move Twice," <laughs> and it's kind of an eclectic episode. Like I never saw it, like in the original. Like I was just I saw it one day as a repeat years later. And the premise is Homer gets approached to get a job uh, in this town called Cypress Creek working for Hank Scorpio, who's played by Albert Brooks. And it's like uh, um, this beautiful town and Albert uh, Hank Scorpio is like this like super likable CEO that's just this down-to-earth guy that's impossible not to like. And Homer's like successful for once. And then in the background of the entire episode, you find out that Hank Scorpio is actually a supervillain. Um, and there's this entire James Bond-style movie plot throughout the entire background of the episode with, with Scorpio trying to take uh, take over the world. And, like, uh, like Homer comes home and they ask him how it works. He's like, oh, I'm way ahead of the germ warfare and weather control divisions. And uh, it's just this amazingly perfect episode. And Hank Scorpio is a likable supervillain, which is kind of uh, – sorry, a likable supervillain CEO. And since technically I am CEO of Coward Guitars, uh, he's kind of my spirit animal, which is why my license plate <laughs> is – uh, Mr. Globex, because Globex is the company that Homer works for, that Scorpio owns. And uh, yeah, my yeah. project car plate is H Scorpio, and and the, my my daily driver is Mr. Globex, uh, which gets a lot of odd. I have to explain this episode a lot to people now um, who see <laughs> my car. <laughs> but it's 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 an amazing episode. It's so it's like it's like season twelve or thirteen. It's like it's kind of right kinda at the later. end there. Yeah, it's it's right near the like the tail end of when it was still good, and it's but it's it's so good. It, it's mm. the entire episode is every line is quotable. It's that funny. So nice. yeah, that's why like, he comes up to him, Homer's like getting coffee, and he's like, "Hey, do you have any sugar?" <laughs> and he just like Hank Scorpio reaches into his pockets and just pulls, just sugar pulls sugar him. out. Yeah, he's like here you go. Sorry, they're not in packets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, when the government is storming this, you know, compound and, you know, there's literally like grenades and gunfights and stuff going off and Homer just strolls in and, and uh, he's like, what's going on? And Hank's like, oh, I'm just having trouble with the government. Homer without a beast like, oh, the government's always trying to keep business, you know, small businesses down. And <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like literally like a laser death ray in the background. And oh, man, <laughs> the best, the best part, though, of that episode is when they, when they're in torturing james bond sorry not bond bond and bond escapes and homer tackles him uh like because homer's like literally just standing by the coffee machine when when he runs by homer tackles him and then like they just kill james bond immediately like they don't no more you know chances for him to escape they just shoot him right there and i'm like which would be the end of every james bond movie in real life like in the first three minutes um so yeah, it's it's perfect. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and then the last question: Oreos. Besides the, classic, um, what's your favorite Oreo? Uh, okay, so I have the customer that I send that guitar to must live in the Oreo test market because it's become this running thing. About once every well, maybe twice a year, he sends us a box of like insane flavored Oreos. Um, I mean, it's pretty hard to beat, like, a, just a classic or a double-stuffed Oreo. Uh, of the esoterics, probably peanut butter or um, the surprise winner for this batch was kettle corn, which sounds Ooh. disgusting as an Oreo, but it's actually pretty amazing. That one's really good. Um, 
birthday cake's good. Bradvel is really good. They're, yeah, there's a lot of good Oreos. But uh, you know, classic plain old Oreo is pretty hard to beat. Very nice. All I've right. Been living <laughs> under a rock, man. There's all these types of Oreos. There's there, yeah, not there's where we are. Jelly one. I knew there was that a mint one. Oh, dude, peanut butter and jelly is really good. Uh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts one, but there's also a jelly-filled donut Oreo that is pretty freaking bomb, dude. It's it's hmm. it's legit. Like, dude, I'm celebrating. Uh, like my my fat. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, I, I've never seen any of these in our store. Like, literally, they all come from our buddy Pat. And uh, uh, I don't know what it is about where he lives. If he's in the diabetes capital of the world, but uh, <laughs> he must be because it's yeah. He it lives on from Brimley Boulevard. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, once again, thanks. Thank you, Doug. Um, we uh, are going to be wrapping up. So for the effects loop, I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. And I'm Doug Cower. Thank you guys so much. All right. See you guys. Have a Thank good you. one. All right. All right. I do have to close with this thought here for everybody. My favorite <laughs> Simpsons episode is the softball team. Oh, my God. This- where I, I'm not, I'm not even gonna. I'm not lying about this. Literally, it's my birthday gift yesterday. Teresa got me tickets to um, River Cats, which is our local team, and she literally made, like, took all the screen grabs from that episode and then like wrote the lyrics out on my card. Uh, I've been singing the, the song for two days now. It's such a great episode. Damn it, man! Oh tra- shave those sideburns. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, that's yeah. There's so many great episodes uh, where he's Bart's like taunting Daryl Strawberry, just going Daryl. Yeah. He's, he's a professional. He's used to it, and Daryl's got that single tear running down his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so good. Who's the one guy who just keeps sucking <laughs> yeah, up to Mister um, Burns? Where he's like, no hustle either, Skip. It's Strawberry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Strawberry is the ass kisser of the group. Oh man, <laughs> so good. I have a. Who is it? The one that uh, just wants to work in the power plant and ends up getting like radiation poisoning within the first day. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode. I, I I can talk Simpsons. You know, the funny thing is we probably quote South Park in the shop a little bit more than we do Simpsons because my guys are younger. But we've become so known for our Simpsons jokes on Instagram. Like it's a whole. It's become a whole thing for us now. Well, like uh, yeah. guitar nerds keeps bringing up the Canyon Arrow like every other episode. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta do, I keep talking about doing a podcast with those guys. Like keep meaning to. Um, I, gotta, I gotta check in with them again. I will happily talk about the Canyon Arrow until they're sick of hearing about it. Uh, we're in episode twelve. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get to a barbecue. I'd say, guys.